Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. We got a great show for you today. Today, we're talking about being an observant human being, paying attention to the little things in life. No better way to start the show if we're going to be talking about observations than going to Jesse. Jessica Littlefield, who sometimes isn't so observant, and sometimes is. I'm in the room. I'm observing that you're talking about me on the radio. (laughs) So a promo comes on the show, a little commercial. (laughs) Actually, it was a segment. It was a piece from one of our old contributors, not old, but our past contributors, uh, named Corinne Collins, Coco, we used to call her. Cute. uh, From... um, from the UK, from Great Britain, what? and um, our own Are you Jessica. Totally. Oh, I knew something was wrong. Yeah, and uh, uh. <laughs> you very. Uh, I mean, it's just playing. We're like, oh, that's Coco. Coco was on the show. Show, and you're like, oh, she sounds like she's from England. What did we say? She's from New Jersey, man. Yeah, no, not England. Matt That's New Jersey. New Jersey. That's a New Jersey accent. And I was trying to be discreet and saying, "Huh? Ah, oh, that's weird." It sounds like it sounds like everyone caught on way fast. Yeah, everyone knew. I'm over here like yep. scratching my head. Yeah. Well, it's because we love you. We did that. Matt, we thought you'd have get you ever it. Been to, have you ever been to New Jersey? Why, yes, I and have. Like, yeah, nobody been, sounded like that. They didn't sound like that. They didn't have that accent. You're like, you even found a word she said that was, no, that is, that just sounds, no, that's, I think we <laughs> said, said like, that's reporter. Eastern New Jersey. Yeah. So, um, reporter. Reporter. You were, so you were fairly observant. <laughs> You're the worst. But then you didn't, yeah. I hate everybody we, in this room right oh, now. Don't hate. Don't hate. Just love. Love. Y- yeah, okay, Matt. Are you very observant, Jessica? Apparently I am. I just don't pick up on people's clues. <laughs> that was fun, though. Are you guys observant? I'm not observant. My wife tells me I need to pay more attention. I miss things. You miss things. Like her hair. She could get her hair cut wow. and it could go, I could go a week before I'm like, oh, something's <laughs> different. You seem yeah. taller. I feel like that's one of the most dreaded questions of all, like... So, what do you notice that's different? And it's like, oh, Wow, boy. your legs aren't as thick. <laughs> oh. Nope, not that. Not even close. Not even close on that one. Oh, okay. Ah, is it about the hips? Is it the hips? Nope, don't go there. <laughs> yeah, no. So, I don't, I don't, I'm bad. I'm bad. But you don't, you have hair that nobody notices if it gets cut. Why is that? That's that doesn't true. make sense. Why nobody notices I mean, no, my people hair notice, like, when my hair gets cut. It's because I just have, like, this, it's like a half fro of blonde curliness i don't know half blonde fro yeah it's like not quite a fro it doesn't stick up that much it's, it's a like semi yeah call. i don't know yeah. big blonde hair fro light but it seems like i don't know because my hair never changes texture or style really it just does its thing and i don't interfere well, that's neat so, your hair is very independent of you. it is very independent <laughs> it does what it it's wants. free to do whatever but, it wants yeah to do. so i think i don't know so even though it might be like an inch shorter or okay, six well, inches shorter it's still in essence, do people are there some people that notice when you get your hair cut? Um, my very closest friends usually will. they know, yeah, but they're around me the most. Okay, that's fascinating. Yeah, James, do people notice when you get a haircut? Oh, no, they're just like, oh, yep, still you keep it the same any, pretty much. Pretty You're pretty very much. consistent. Yep, <laughs> you're very, yep. very consistent. See, I'm not that consistent. My um, I had a son that went on a 
camp a camp out, not a camp out, a sleepover at a cabin this mm-hmm. weekend. And um, Saturday night, we don't. He doesn't normally sleep over at a cabin over Sunday to Sunday. He normally goes to church Sunday, and for some reason, he slept over at a cabin. And um, I woke up. I went to bed. I was there with my wife and my other kids, and we all went to bed. Had a great night Saturday. Woke up in the morning. Got my other kids up. Talked to all of my children, and then I said, "Hey, where's Britain?" And my <laughs> wife said, "Seriously, what do you mean, where's Britain?" Yeah, yeah, he had left the whole uh, like twenty four hours earlier. <laughs> that's pretty bad. That's not observant. No, that pretty. You, you need the observant skills. Yeah, that's that. I, I was here sitting when you asked that question. I'm like, well. Probably not the most observant person, mm. but when compared to that, yeah. I am a very observant person. You've like, never lost a child or you've never forgotten a child? No, I haven't. Well, I it have six children. I have any. Yeah. yeah. Do you want some? Because I've got one uh, to spare. Not now. No. There's one that's really mad because I didn't know he was gone. <laughs> and then yesterday was my son's birthday and I forgot... I passed him two or three times. I didn't forget. You know, okay, I remember it. It's wait, just Matt, I don't remember it in that moment. Since you have like observation problems, yeah. just program everything into your phone as reminders. Because well, you could have like woken up and when yeah. your alarm went off on your phone, you I don't use say, an alarm. That's it's my son's birthday. It should see. That's a great idea. Yeah. But then I would probably forget ten minutes later. You, yeah. This, my mind works that way. <laughs> it's yeah. So this show, what are we're talking about? Being observant to life. Observant to life. Because the thing is, life, the experiences you go through and how things turn out usually give you a pretty good idea of how you should act in the future. I think you're right. Yeah. So it's just paying attention to those consequences. If you hear and, if you, you know, hear an English accent, pay attention to that. Pay attention Don't to that. believe that it's from New Jersey. Yeah. Stand your ground. Oh, she wasn't even paying attention to that. (laughs) Wow, that was amazing. That was a great example. She just sat there. For those that couldn't see, um, she sat there in this dazed look, kind of like a sad puppy dog that had just lost. Someone took its bone and threw it away. Her mind was in the United Kingdom. She's trying to think. It's a good place to be. Is there a lot of migration? She could be sleeping. Um, (laughs) So you've been doing some research. You know, you're fine, Jess. Just sit there. Just sit and soak it all in. Soak it in. If I had a mic in front of my face, what I wouldn't say to you, yeah. Matt. <laughs> well, I, I would be amazed to see what you're going to say because I don't know that you even knew what we were talking about. You were observant just then, though I did zone out. I was <laughs> oh, yeah. thinking about my blog. It was, <laughs> like, oh, really? Is that what you were doing? Yeah. Hey, next time you think about your blog, could you shut your mouth? Because you, you had gaping jaw mouth. I was like, we are not a codfish. Yeah. And she was mouth Mary breathing. Yeah. Oh, I like blogs. Blogs are nice. <laughs> no. That's embarrassing. Oh, gosh. Anyway, glad we can catch it if we only yeah. had video. No kidding. That would have been great. Hey, um, okay, so Merritt's been doing some research on... As always. Of course. You're like the research-aholic. The research queen. Life gives us clues. That's Life gives us clues. we got a great author coming up that's going to teach us that really life's going to teach you all you need to know, but you have to be observant. But you have to know what's going yeah. on in life. You can't just sit there slack-jawed. Yeah. Just thinking about your it's blog. Yeah. You got to be in the life. Okay. I'm okay, going to so start out us. with some shocking statistics. Oh, no. You ready for this? Okay. Let's listen. Jess, here's what we're going to do. Let's have Jess listen, see if she can pay attention, observe, and then we're going <laughs> to quiz her at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This will be fun. Um, in 
the year 2000. Yes. The average attention span of people was uh-huh. about 12 seconds. What? Yes. In the year 2012. Oh, I bet it's doubled. The average attention span was eight seconds. Are you kidding? And the average attention span of a goldfish <laughs> is nine seconds. So they've officially beat us, goldfish. Oh. Wow. And not only that, but the majority of us spend 70 to 80% of our waking hours communicating. 70 to, to 80%. 80%. So think about that. You spend 70 to 80% of our waking hours communicating, and yet we can't pay attention to people. For more than eight seconds. Yeah. And so do you know what? It's like the immediate image that comes to mind, it's like a hamster wheel. Like you're oh, just sitting man. there, you know, like, oh, wait, what were you saying? Goldfish. Goldfish. That Goldfish scares me. Out. That was from the Associated Press. So well, see, you know it's legit. legit right there. I know. Holy cow. Yeah. So it's a problem. I think my and attention spans longer than eight seconds. My attention spans long. I I could give you 12. 12? I, I could push 15. Yeah. I, just, like, I, think, I think I might average 15. You, you know. You've got a great attention span. Are you just saying that because I've been doodling? Well, no. But in comparison to <laughs> in Jess comparison, over there, that's true. You look, like a, I know. you look like a shark and she looks like a guppy. <laughs> In the good way. I mean that in the best way. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to but be I rude. But I just got compared to the shark. Yeah. But, but you're a shark because I, I assume they have a good memory. Sharks are pretty cool. They also okay know, they know how to – I learned this on Shark Week. They know how to get back to where they were feeding last year. Mm-hmm. So that's memory. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Anyway, so the thing is we need to be more observant. There's no way we are going to be able to communicate with people if we're not observant. And actually – um, I was reading an article today. Let me find it. How many articles did you read today? Um, today I read six. Wow. I know. That's And so all about observing. All about observing. Okay, yeah. This one was um, – it was saying that the key to success, the most important thing that likable and successful people do is be observant. Hmm. That that was from Huffington Post. Likeable. Like, likeable and – successful people they're observant and so the thing is think about it if you have somebody who sits down and gives you their undivided attention and notices that you did something special Mm -hmm. that day or um pays off yeah it just i mean you immediately have a connection with that person yeah that's true actually i've I've seen it with clients because i do see when my clients change their hair oh yeah but i think it's because i have one hour to look at them i mean and you are and i see them once a week that is your time. You are mm-hmm. supposed to be observing them. Yeah, that's it. See, and so, focus. Yeah, the thing is, and people who are good listeners are just generally well liked. That's I the agree. kind of thing. And it, just any communication you have, the more the person gives you, <laughs> the yeah. more you'll like it. Basically, yeah, absolutely. And observant people will give you more, and they'll get more. Oh, because you'll get more information, mm-hmm. more understanding. You won't just sit there slack jawed. Yeah. And not only that, people who are good listeners are also rated as more attractive. Oh, for sure. And more trustful. I'm so. sitting up right now. I know. I, I, I totally agree with that. <laughs> so, um, so they're better the looking is, yeah. simply so, because they're paying attention. They're paying attention. I mean, that's all it takes. If I like you're that. feeling bad, just pay more attention. So if you want the ladies to like you, pay more attention. Pay more attention. No, really. I and think, tilt I mean, your head a little a bit. And it's really important, Lean too, in, in uh, business situations. So yep. if you're managing a team, you need to know what your team is doing, what their dynamic is. You need to have a sense of trust with them. And the I way you can that. do it I is totally by agree. being more observant. So I have some ideas okay, for let's how go. you can be more observant. 
Um, Number one, observe more. One, observe more. Um, No, the first thing that you should do is um, just practice on focusing. Just that's hard. Look at one thing, see as much as you can about it. What you know, don't don't lose sight. So I was kind of practicing, like, what do you notice about my water bottle? And then I would just look, and it's like it's really hard to focus on a water bottle for that long. You get super distracted. But there's a lot to notice. There is a lot to notice. I mean, it's clear. It actually, I have a smart water bottle. Mm-hmm. And so on the inside, it has like a little prize for you. If you look in, do you see that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So on the inside of the bottle, they've printed a fox. Oh, what and does it says, the fox Aren't say? you clever? Ha, 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 ha. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But I see, I would not have noticed that. And yeah. I've never even known they do that. Yeah. But they print things on the inside so that if you look inside the water bottle, you can Is this new? This because I have had water bottles my whole life and um, <laughs> I've never seen that. Well, you know. See? Obser- observation, right? Yeah. Um, another one is to be methodical. Like- you, you can't just pattern. be observant by just looking yeah. at somebody and hoping it also yeah. then. Maybe just do it in the pattern that you read. So start in the top left-hand corner and yeah. then go across Follow the right over. and then look a little Isn't bit Isn't that down. like what a judge does? So if a judge that's judging a pageant or like let's say Mike, if Mike <laughs> Pond was a beauty queen judge – he would probably have a protocol for how he would look at each contestant. Yeah, he would probably and you have would like observe this is how I, consistently. Yeah. So like how are they standing? Yes. Are they smiling? Like are that. they yeah. So you have like the list of things that you go through. Um another one is just engage what you see. Sherlock Holmes, who I like your I like boyfriend. My boyfriend. Yeah. Sure. I'll take that. Yeah. Um anyway. By the he way, said, from New Jersey, apparently. <laughs> from New Jersey, as Jessica yeah. would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that New Jersey accent. <laughs> New Jersey accent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's, um, one of the famous quotes from the Sherlock Holmes stories yeah. is that you, uh, you, Holmes says to Dr. Watson, you see, but you don't observe. Mm. So there's a difference between just looking at something Anyone and actually observing. Something. Anybody can see something, but not everybody can observe something yes. about it. And so just try to engage with it. Ask yourself questions about what you're seeing. You know, like, well, why is it that way? Was mm-hmm. it this way yesterday? Was it, you know, just to constantly engage yourself and ask questions. So do we have to do this with everything? No. Because it seems like none of us would work. None of us would work. Just, Jess is doing no, it again. No, that brings guys. me to Jess my next point. Jess just went is... dizzy again. Did you notice that, Jess? <laughs> I think Eight you're seconds. not even paying attention to the show, and you're just no, waiting for well, me to zone out. Odd, once I... I hear the clonk of your jaw drop, <laughs> you're zoning out. That was for like two seconds. Well, I just apparently... did it for two seconds, yeah. and you jumped on it. Well, two seconds. I'm going to leave the studio after this block. <laughs> you're not going to have a B block. No, you better stay, because we're going to quiz you, too. I'm just. I just wanted you to just, know we lost her. Again. It's you know I've become remember used about to that. every ten seconds about we got to like seconds, check in. We got to like reboot. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, that brings me to my last point: is that you need to be practicing. Ugh. So instead of doing this every moment, because I mean that sounds a lot of fun. It's you know yeah. more fun than working right. or paying attention to class yeah. in class or whatever you do. But just set aside a moment to think about it. So if you let's say you get somewhere early. You have five minutes. Use that time to practice. And eventually those skills will transfer over into other things that you do. And you can be more observant when it comes to people and life mm-hmm. situations and people, your reactions, your own personal feelings. You'll be more observant about those as well. Have you seen that's, – that's a great example. Um, have you seen when people were giving you feedback that they're not listening but you keep talking? So there's feedback that they're bored, they're disinterested, they don't care, they don't want to be there, mm-hmm. but you don't notice it. Like you notice it, but you like you don't pay attention to it. You see it, but you don't observe. Yeah, yeah. 
So that's what I'm wondering is if that's if what's going <laughs> that's on with Jess. Is she bored? Because if all of a sudden you're not picking that up, you're going to lose friends. So um, I may have lost you, Jess. Well, I don't know if you lost me, but I have a problem in my marriage right now <laughs> because oh of this. Oh, no. Just to because you don't little, pay attention? Because we'll be having a conversation and Alan will go off on something. A tangent. And I'll... I, your eyes you know, will glass over and your jaw will Which people slack. usually don't notice. I can be staring at someone and glass over. Mm-hmm. No, they I don't even so. know. They keep talking and then I jump in at the end and say, wow, that's me really too. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and it works and it's worked for me. And so then, But Dallin, Dallin wants reflective listening. Yeah, he and wants I, you to be engaged and, and connected. Like, I just, I have never been through what you're going through. <laughs> I have no idea what I should say You know say what? Right now. This is from a Anyways. professional because I have I a doctorate in this. I know. You should. What you could say is, uh, I'm bored. Are you done talking, Dal? <laughs> Mama's bored. Say but it that way. But isn't that mean? Yeah, it is. Don't say that. Okay, doctor. Don't Tell say me that. when you have a real one. <laughs> uh, we're going to help you with this by the end of the show. <laughs> we are going to help your marriage so you can be more observant. We can listen to each other. Pay attention. Life's got all the lessons we need, folks. We just have to pay attention and observe a little bit more. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're coming back, and when we come back, we're going to talk. Um, we're going to—I think we're going to do a quiz, just a quick, brief quiz for Jess. We're going to find out if she remembers anything we talked about, and then we're going to get into how clues there are clues to character traits that we might possess. Merritt's, Merritt's going to teach us that. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, Dr. Matt Townsend here. Today we're talking about life clues and uh, the need to be observant to what life has to teach us. There's a ton of stuff going on around us every day that would uh, probably simplify your lives if you just focus on it. Merritt's been doing even more research. Apparently, if we pay attention, we'll be able to pick up character traits. Yeah. Our own or someone else's? Somebody else's. Now, I think one of the things that scares everybody about entering into a new relationship, and that could be a friendship or anything, but let's just say for the purposes of today, a romantic relationship, you really want to know how that person is going to act in future circumstances, how they're going to act when times go bad. And if you want to get serious with them, that's something that you need to know. Yeah. but no, but see, all the chemistry makes you not pay attention to it because he's it's so hard, yeah. cute. Oh, look at Definitely. his eyes. And then all of a sudden they're freaking out. Yeah. And you... yeah. And then all of a sudden yeah. you're yeah, you're in a crate. So I read this uh, really fascinating article that talked about um, the character traits that we need to pay attention to that are steady. The ones that are steady enough that they will stay true like even through constant, hard times, okay, cool. even through good times. And yeah. so just kind of how, which, what those traits are and how you should be paying attention to them. So the first one um, is intelligence. And intelligence is considered the most stable It's stable. It's not going yeah, away. It is not going anywhere. And um, it's usually genetic. So it's something that, and, uh, you know, hate they that. pass on. Like, smart it's just, people yeah. have smart kids, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And if a person is intelligent, that makes that they'll probably have a deeper understanding of life and experiences and just mm-hmm. kind of it'll, experience will be a little more rich. And so yeah. you want to find somebody who matches that. If you want someone that's intelligent. That's true. I mean, if you're. But you'll know. I mean, you'll know soon. Yeah. You will. Right. Yeah. So to see if they have that trait that you want. 
Um, first of all, pay attention to how a person thinks. So how do they develop an argument? How do they discuss things with you? Especially if you're dealing with difficult issues, how do they back up their opinion? Yeah. How do they, you know? Yeah, what's their logic what's behind their, their logic argument? What's their logic behind their thinking? And does that match up with the way you think? Um, also, to find somebody who does not confuse thought with feeling. Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing, being able to recognize something as an emotion and this other thing is logic. And uh, that's kind of a big deal when it comes, especially to, you know, oh, yeah. interpersonal problems. Like, oh, yeah. Are you talking about whether or not I actually did the dishes or are you talking about how you feel like about you me feel wanting about, to do yeah, the dishes? Exactly. <laughs> uh, my favorite way, though, of, ch- of testing someone's intellect is uh, frozen tundra flagpole. Lick it. <laughs> Lick the flagpole. We would hope. If they lick it, don't marry them. Yeah, that's a good rule. They don't have intelligence. Well, uh, another one is just a person who has a sense of humor. That's the sign ah, of their intelligence. Those so are their my humor matches people. up with you. So that's kind of an mm-hmm. easy one that we usually pick up on. Um, another character trait is drive. And that is the quality beyond work. And it's kind of just in the article, it says it's the engine of accomplishment. It's the way somebody approaches their problems. Mm. And so ways you can do that. How does the person talk about their problems? Pay attention to how they deal with the problems that yeah. they're facing with. Are they so, a victim kind of, or do they just kind of grab the problem and yeah. change are, it? Are they able to assess themselves or do they just think that everything is bad luck? Yeah. You know, are they feeling oh, like yeah. victimizing themselves rather than taking control of the situation? The third trait is happiness. And happiness is not a state of feeling. Yeah. It's a way of being. Yeah. It's a some way are just think. happy people and some yeah. aren't. And it has to do with how you think. And so how realistic is a person about their weaknesses? So think about that. Like, Can a person really face what they're weak about? And how do they interpret experiences, whether good or bad? Do they take the good out of it? I mean, it's just, it gets down to, are they a glass half full or a glass half empty This is why if we're we're jumping into relationships too quickly, you may not have had enough of this information. Exactly. Because they always seem happy when you're kissing. Yeah. I mean, that's... It's weird. I mean, it's fun. So... Um, other one, goodness. So mm. that, I mean, just are they a good person? And so some things to observe there. Do they help do little they, old ladies across the street? Yeah. Do they have empathy? Are they able yes. to put themselves in other people's shoes and realize what they're going through? But not only that, do they have a moral code for themselves? Yeah. Do they have things they that they think are right? Do they think they're on? Are they consistent yeah. with it? Um, and another one, I thought this was interesting. Pay attention to how a person calms themselves. Are oh, they a person who can kind of take it in themselves do they self-medicate do, yeah, they, do they need drugs get angry yeah. do they leave the room to not deal with it so that's a, also that's, a good indicator of how those are huge yeah moral standing um another one is friendship so how do they have friend friends do they i mean if, they, if really that's a big deal well, you're dating somebody that has no friends well has I think no social skills I don't know, especially in the younger crowd that i am a part of you don't really notice other people's friends because you're too busy being involved yeah, with each other. Right. But so you're not going to be hanging out with their friends all that much. But how do they talk about other people? Do they ask about your family? Maybe you do should they... also find out how they broke up with their girlfriend last time. <laughs> like the past. <laughs> because if all of a sudden they've had 20 girlfriends but none of them are alive. Yeah. Or none of them are around. <laughs> that would be bad. Like that's a bad character trait. Yeah. Um, other one, do they – dump information on you or do they share information with you so are they you know are they reciprocating the conversation but these are all signs you're saying they're all there these while are, you're yeah, dating these are all these character traits that are consistent these are ones you can depend on and so you need to know 
which one is there. Did you see, by the way, she's taking incredible notes. Uh, yes. Like um, uh, that's doodles, which I, I can't Let, let's, say let's just have her read her cause... notes and then we got to go. Uh, just just read your notes that you took on because she had like 20 awesome <laughs> points. What were the what? Just give us the three that you wrote down. <laughs> these, wrote... these are your notes on Merritt's wonderful six minute. I wrote Merritt. Yeah. Matt. And Jane. I was I'm working on the S. Okay. She yep. got our names. <laughs> Nailed it. She didn't you didn't get one character trait. I, no, I did. There was humor. Okay. But I know that in my head. Mm-hmm. No, you were yeah, I you because you doodle and you internalize it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, Merritt, final point. What's the point? The last one, the last character trait that is consistent is the ability to be intimate. How can a how is a person able to love you like they should. Yeah. And for that, it's kind of a thing. Your first relationship sets the pattern for other relationships. So how is their family relationship at home? And you can't just go up to a person yeah. and ask, like, are you, do you have the capacity to love to other people deeply? Yeah, others. it's like, no, but you can ask, what kind of things did you do with your family yeah. when you were young? What kind of things did you talk about with your parents? Um, what was your bedroom like? Did you do any things with your parents? Did you have rituals? And yeah. kind of just to see how they feel about their family and get those details, you can have a better idea of how Great they'll be advice. able to love in the future. Merit, that's awesome. Thank you. I thought it was very insightful. That was very insightful for all of us, all three of us. That paid attention. <laughs> and Jess has got a neat little drawing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> ah, Jess, we love you. You're tired. Well, you've had a hard day. I'm feeling it. Feeling the love. You're feeling the love. The we're gonna show. We're gonna we're gonna come back, take a break. We're coming back with the author and good friend. Brian Thayer's joining us. He's the author of the book Life Leaves Clues. Uh, reach your ultimate potential, clue by clue. He's gonna teach us how life teaches us. How to live life and how to have a more successful life. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. everybody to the Matt Townsend show. Hey, got a great topic today. Today, um, we're talking about life and the importance of being observant. There's so many things a lot of us miss. For example, have you ever just driven hours uh, and you arrive at your destination and you don't remember passing through certain towns that you drove through or you don't remember the two tickets you received while driving you know, you got to pay attention. Life has a lot of lessons to teach us. And uh, a wonderful friend of mine, great uh, author as well as just a ruggedly good-looking man, um, Brian Thayer is joining us. He's the author of the book Life Leaves Clues. And Brian's an entrepreneur, uh, a bazillionaire, has started many a business. And I don't think you've even ever had a business fold. You're so successful, right, Brian? Uh, not that I know of at this time. Yeah. Not that you know of. I mean, legally, that's what you have to yeah. answer because the IRS. Disclaimers. Yeah. yeah. But you, um, a serial entrepreneur, you started a bunch of companies. You're a speaker, yeah. happily married. Mm-hmm. How many children? Four kids. Four beautiful kids. Mm-hmm. And you wrote a book. Why? I mean, like, why not just let, let, 
why don't you just let other people write the books, Brian? <laughs> why did you have to take – you already do everything well. Why did you have to get in the book writing? Well, uh, I've got two boys and two girls, and uh, a few years ago, uh, our two oldest were heading out of the house. Our oldest Done. was getting married. And, you, were, uh, you were cleaning out the house. Yeah, she was cleaning. <laughs> down, you're down too. She, she was heading out. <laughs> and our oldest son was about to graduate, and uh, life leaves clues is a phrase that we used often in our family. I actually picked it up. Years and years ago, in the early 90s, when I was at a seminar in Seattle. Where does it come from? I've never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, I was at a seminar in the Seattle area, and the speaker's name was Dean Naylor, and he was teaching us these business tips and these things to look out for. And whenever he wanted to drive home a point, he'd say, he'd pause and he'd go, life leaves clues. And I loved it. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't have, yeah. I maybe had one child at the time, yeah. really little. I just thought, you know, this is a great way to reinforce something, whether you, you learned a hard lesson or right. a good lesson. That's right. And so we would keep using that phrase. So through life, you've aggregated a bunch of clues. You've accumulated clues, and that's what the book is about? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's easy. <laughs> Like, that's easy. Yeah. Because it it's true. It's just wisdom. Oh, yeah. I've been taking notes on napkins, on my phone app, in books my whole life. I have these drawers of handwritten notes of things that I picked up along uh, along the line and along the way. And, and uh, so finally, I just said, I'm going to put this all down in the book and, uh, and then share it with my kids so that they have something to yeah. take with them. So now they're under, you know, now they know the rules. They know the rules. The rules they know of the deal. Dad's life clues. <laughs> You're all, you're, you've also written another book, The One Minute Networker. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not new to book writing. No. How is this one different from your – I mean, one, one was more businessy. It was, yeah. And then this one's just – it's almost like a gift to your kids. Yeah, it really is. And a gift to myself, too. I mean, well, I, one to the rest of us. <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah, The One Minute Networker is a business book. It's yeah. all, all about 100-plus things you can do with no money uh, to network yourself, which is – that's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Especially any, right now. Any business. Yeah. Right. So uh, I was really happy with that book. It's in five languages and uh, had a lot of fun with that. That's cool. Yeah, surprising success. Well, well no. No. Because life leaves clues. Ah, thank you. I, I don't that. know what that means right That there. sounds neat. So um, fill us in. Okay, so the story, we got the story. Give us some clues. What, what um, I mean, because you have a million points you want to teach your kids. Yeah. So how how did you first of all I guess start narrowing your points down or is it was your your kids just needed obvious lessons? <laughs> yeah, uh, that was the challenge because it could have gone on and on oh, yeah. and on, and so I wanted to narrow it down to mainly ten chapters, a book that you can read in a couple hours if you're a decent reader. Yeah. For me, it's like a day and a half. But, uh... <laughs> it's a great size, actually. <laughs> it's, it really is. It's not a lot, but it's what's neat too is it's it's a hundred something pages. Yeah, but it's it's. It's also profound, I think. Oh, thank you. Give us some examples. What's your – if you had to, like, look at it, what's your what's – your like, what's the one that you said, I've got to have that one in Yeah. Got to have that one. Uh, first one is the chapter, chapter 8. I, that's weird. i got to have it, but I put it at chapter 8. Yeah, that's weird. Oh, you're teasing. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that chapter is called In the Questions Lie the Answers. Uh, and, uh, in fact, you guys were speaking about that earlier on your show, always asking yourself yeah. and having some self-discovery. Why am I feeling like this? Why am I going through this? Instead of, um, why is my life so hard? Or, yeah. how, this isn't fair. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. I had that today. I had a client ask today, um, do you think her, she, her, her husband is out of the home for a variety of reasons and probably needs to be? Mm. And she says, do you think... Uh, I don't know how to say this without sounding stupid. That's exactly how she said it. Um, 
do you think I should let him come back so soon? <laughs> and in that very question is her answer. Right. Like, so I'm, I'm like, it sounds like you don't want him to come back yet. Uh-huh. You like think it's too soon. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. That's excellent. There's your answer. Right. It's, you just answered your own question. Mm-hmm. So why would we ask the question if, we, if the answer is there? Mm-hmm. But maybe we just don't see the answer? Well, I love that kind of parenting specifically and that kind of uh, mentoring and managing and mm-hmm. just asking questions to your employees, the people you work with, the people you're mentoring, if you work with youth, if you've got kids. Yeah. Just let them talk. Let them get it out. Don't be the first one to give them the counsel. My kids are probably rolling their eyes if they hear this going, <laughs> oh, yeah, right, Dad. Dad's a jerk. But I do love asking questions because I want them to hear what they're saying and the way they're saying it. What did your son taught you this lesson, yeah. I guess? What's what's the story about your son? <laughs> well, he didn't mean to t- teach yeah, me this lesson. Life, right? Yeah, but he was about 16 years old, so he gotten his uh, driver's license. Yeah, and Tearing I remember, it up. yeah, <laughs> in the Saturn, you know, <laughs> Saturn. burning around in the Saturn. burning rubber in the Saturn. <laughs> that I mean, think right. about the name Saturn. You yeah, know, so. exactly. Of course, he can't just drive normal. Yeah, but uh, I remember I was leaving the office, and my wife gave me a phone call. She said, "Hey." Uh, our son's been in an accident. And, you know, your heart drops right mm. then. You go, what happened? She said, well, don't worry. He's, he's fine. I'm like, good. Uh, How's the Saturn? <laughs> <laughs> but the Saturn, honey, how is it? And she, you know, after a few questions, uh, she let me know that he had hit a curb and the Ooh. wheel was no longer attached to the car. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I'm not a Sherlock Holmes. Not well. Well, but I could pretty much discover that there, since there were no other cars involved, this was probably his doing. And so... yeah. I said, hey, I'll be right there. And um, immediately I started rehearsing some of those fantastic father speeches my father would give to <laughs> yes. me. Why I ought to. <laughs> you know the one, uh, what were you thinking? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a good one. And the car what? is not a <laughs> yeah, toy, exactly. right? Yeah. And so I was pretty much revved up to it. I couldn't get there fast enough just to let him oh, yeah. hear my, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you, well, you want. Disappointment, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you want to encourage him to <laughs> Pull his head out and be a better person. <laughs> you were trying to help. I, yeah, I wanted to help, and I also wanted to get off uh, my chest some of the thoughts yeah. that I had. Anyway, uh, right as I was driving, hands-free. You were driving hands-free. I was driving hands-free. I got a phone call and it, over the car, so I, my hands were on the steering wheel. Okay. And, and uh, a friend said, hey, how you doing? I said, well, I'm a little upset right now. My son just got in an accident because of this and that. And she goes, uh, let me just ask you a question. And I said, what? She said, uh, if he was a client... Would you talk to him that way? And I thought, a client? He's not yeah. a client. He's my, he's he's my, my son. son. Yeah, that's great. Wow. Was that your mother who called? <laughs> who was that? It was a friend in California. Her name is uh, Lisa May. and wow. uh, Who I hadn't seen in a long time, which is really so, interesting. So, yeah, that was like intervention. Oh, totally. That's neat. Yeah. And, so uh, you still you went there and reamed him. Then so you went to lunch, <laughs> like yeah. a client. I went there and uh, actually I didn't say anything. I just gave him a hug. That's great. And uh, I whispered in his ear that I loved him and uh, didn't say much. His mom was there because I'm sure she was ready to fix whatever yeah. I was about to break. Totally, Dad's going to ruin this. Yeah, and uh, but it didn't go down like that. It actually went really well. So here's the thing: she asked me a great question. Mm-hmm. Instead of what was he thinking, what am I thinking? That's great. Yeah. And I think a lot of questions need to be asked like that. Why, why are you thinking this? Yeah. Why are you feeling like this? Step away from it. Look at yourself. 
And uh, a lot of things are just not that big of a deal. They're not. And yet we – this is the clue I guess we're missing. It's not a big deal, yet we make it a big deal or we are so into ourselves that we, we miss the point. Um, this is the son, though, that's, that if I remember, he's lost his license because he keeps having accidents. <laughs> is that the guy? Uh, I No. Okay. That's yeah, the other yeah, one. That other, okay. That's the other. No. Um, that – but it's true. It's, and it's uh, – isn't it wild that you had someone you haven't seen can step in to a moment yeah. and just ask the right question? Right. Yeah, I think clues like that are all around us. We just have to mm. choose to either slow down and look at them or listen to them or pay attention to them. Yeah, makes you wonder if you can force the clue. Like, can you force the thought to, I mean, I get, you can. You can just ask a better question. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of, what an idiot, why did he do what he did? <laughs> yeah. You could ask, how do I want him to handle, how do I uh, want him to see me in 10 minutes? Yeah, how do I want this to play out? How do I want him to feel? What's he going through? right. Yeah, for sure. He had gone through quite a bit before I even got there. That's huge. Yeah. Man, you got good friends. <laughs> I do have good friends. You must have Great really good too. clients, too, because they you treat them so well. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, tell us about your high school teacher, too. I guess you had a, another story from a high school teacher. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned Don Ward uh, throughout the book. I can't help but talk about him. He's a... Uh, so a lifelong friend. Is he? Yeah. We have him over for dinner still. Was he your guidance counselor? Who was he? <laughs> In a way, he was. Was he? Yeah. He was the uh, – he taught AP history at, uh, at in my high school, and uh, he taught for 35 years. Uh, here's the interesting thing about him, just to kind of give you give yeah. him some props. His students had a 94% chance of passing the AP college history exam. Wow. For college credit. 94%, 94%. chance. Yeah. What about those six? And he's like, come on. <laughs> Nobody knows where they're at now. <laughs> Nobody. 90, that's amazing. AP history. AP passing. history passing. He was also the student government advisor. But here's the question. Here's the thing he would ask. Yeah. He'd say something and he'd say, does that make sense? It would just reset you. Because you know how kids are. Yeah. And people are. There's there somewhere else uh, often. Yeah. That oh, whole yeah. nine second that's goldfish right. thing is happening. <laughs> I think they're goldfish. <laughs> yeah. But he still does that. He'll still explain something to me today, and then he'll follow back up and say, does that make sense? That's such a great Such idea. a great – in yeah. fact, it's a great question to yeah. ask us all the time. Because then we ask uh, – yeah. It's almost like – it's like, so do you own that? It's like, <laughs> do you own it now because it makes sense? Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I do too. That's a question. That's simple. Yeah. Plus it creates a space Yeah. for them to you know, get into it. Get back into it. Yeah. Another neat thing about Don, too, is he's an amazing history teacher, an amazing uh, person. But where he got his knowledge uh, was study. Uh, he had been in his 35 years to some 100-plus seminars, 100-plus week-long seminars. Wow. Studying. This is a high school teacher. Yeah. Right? They don't have a ton of money, but no. he's still investing. He's in still his... investing every single summer. Uh, still does it today, by the way. He's, uh, he's retired, but he can't stop retiring. He still helps kids yeah. in, in schools and that need help. But um, he's always, always practicing, always working at his craft, always researching, learning. Wow. So, What a guy. Yeah. So that is the point you've made, drilled home, is the, the questions lie in the answers. Yeah. That's cool. And in the questions, I guess. Too. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. This, yeah, is, sure. this is a good book. Oh, yeah, thanks. People ought to read it. <laughs> 
Uh, the book's called Life Leaves Clues by Brian Thayer. Uh, reach your ultimate potential clue by clue. We're going to take a break. We're coming back with Brian. He's going to walk us through some more life lessons. He's going to teach us after this break about the happiness factor. And uh, we're just going to keep learning. It's all out there, folks. These aren't, you know, these are lessons anyone could have. Brian just found out, you know, found them from his son and from a school teacher in high school. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we are talking about life and its lessons. You know, if you'll just pay attention, be observant, and start noticing what's going on in life, you're going to see that life leaves you clues. And Brian Thayer, a friend of mine, has written a book, Life Leaves Clues. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a clue collector. He spent, that's a, that sounds weird, clue collector. He spent his life as a serial entrepreneur since 1992. He's a consultant. He's the author of The One Minute Networker and this new book, Life Leaves Clues. You can get a copy of the book. Um, it's available at the website, lifeleavesclues.com, as well as Amazon and iTunes. You can pick it up there. Uh, really, it's just a, it's a compilation of stories. Yeah. Lessons learned. Clues found and collected. You have one story in there about um, the 90s. You had gone through a rough time. Mm -hmm. Was this – this is back when we had bigger hair. (laughs) That was the 80s. Yeah. So fill me in on that one. What's what was the – what's the lesson there? Uh, Well, the story is that uh, we had a few kids and uh, we were starting to do pretty well in some of our businesses and and then things change. Yeah. You know? Then you're not doing so yeah, well. Yeah, not doing so well. And even though uh, the income started dropping, the lifestyle didn't drop. Right. So here I'm learning a clue yeah. real fast <laughs> in <laughs> my 20s. Yeah. Uh, that you got you to gotta downsize and you got to pull back. Well, I wasn't learning that clue fast enough, yeah. right? Yeah. And so things were getting rough. And, uh, and, and like some people, I was asking the wrong questions. I was thinking, why me? Yeah, How is this fair? Yeah. You know? You work hard. Yeah. This didn't happen to me. This yeah. is for people that aren't doing good things. This is and, for the other people. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at everybody <laughs> but myself, you know, when I should have. Right. Anyway, uh, it started getting bad, and uh, and I just kept thinking, when's this going to end? When's this going to turn, you know? And this is just, why can't it be like it used to be? Is it me? I mean, yeah, has anybody no, ever I, This is like, that's my breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I, everything you're saying, I said at breakfast today. <laughs> Anyway, I was downtown and uh, driving, and uh, and there was a clue over on the sidewalk. And here's what happened: I saw this man sitting in a in a at a small table with about two or three friends, just laughing and having a great time. But he had no arms, hmm. and uh, he was drinking from a cup with a straw. He would put those his feet around that cup and bring it to his no mouth. I'm, way. I'm not joking. And but he hadn't a care in the world. And I was thinking to myself, why is he happy? Yeah. Is it because he's got these great friends? Is it the, is it the sunshine? Is it the blue sky? He's probably rich. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. You went, I mean, that shifted you instantly. Oh, yeah. Because he had everything that I had just by, uh, by observation. I just said, man, I've got 
I got to change a few things. What is my deal? Yeah, what's my deal? That's great. Yeah, so I think what the point of that story is that uh, I started counting my blessings. I started practicing counting my blessings, and that does something to you. Isn't that weird? It's amazing. Well, and it seems like if you count them, you're going to see them. Yep. And you're also going to be anticipating them, looking for them, assuming they're coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Versus if you've never counted them, I'm not even sure they're there. Yeah. There's something weird about the mind, and I know you know all this, but uh, we're instinctively trained or built or engineered to protect. Our mind is there to protect us from danger, right? right? So we're always looking for the problems and how to avoid this pitfall and that trouble spot or whatever it is. So that's a natural instinct. Oh, yeah. So what you've got to really work on is finding the good things and the blessings and things oh, you're yeah. grateful for. Which is the key. You're, one of the keys you're saying, that's the key to happiness. I mean, that's, that's the story of happiness. It, it's not even if you have arms. It's not if you have a job or the, if, the, if you're making enough money. It's what you do with it right. and what you see. What you see. Hmm. Yeah. And it's not that difficult, actually, to start changing those feelings. Right. Yeah. Uh, I talk about in my book just a simple thing you can start doing every single day. Get out a journal. And I know Oprah's covered this pretty well. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm Oprah, bringing, her, Oprah. bringing her in. <laughs> Bring in the Oprah. Uh, yeah, the, start a little journal and just start counting the good things that happened to you that day. Oh, yeah. What happens is now it'll just come. And, and I'm not saying how long you have to do it. I think they yeah. say 21, minute, 21 days yeah. is, a, is a good time to yeah. do it. And, and it starts to reach retrain uh train your yeah yeah. regenerate your and and retrain your brain to see the good yeah to see things differently and then you'll start picking up on it so um what but it's interesting um yet it should be hard if you don't have enough money and you have to re-engineer your whole job in a way that's okay too Mm -hmm. and you can be happy yeah it's not like an either or is it oh no it isn't uh a lot of people are, and everyone goes through tough times. Yeah. And uh, there's a great book, Man's Search for Me. Yeah. Yeah. So Victor great Frankl. Victor. Such a, oh, man. Isn't that great? Such a great book. Yeah. And how you can observe and, uh, and have dignity in your suffering. Yeah. And then and work through that and learn from that. But you can still be happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and what's cool about just you're sitting there one day downtown moping around, (laughs) being a bum, sad as can be, yet, and that's what's cool about someone else being happy and content is how contagious it could be. Right. Like, all you needed to do is see it. So anybody that's out there with a trial and is living it and working it and being grateful for what they do have, it's going to be contagious. Yeah, it is. That's one of the things I love about Facebook. I know that sounds crazy. Well, that's, yeah. Okay. You like other things. (laughs) You have like a million friends. I have other, <laughs> but I love uh, how people post. And I, I'm on your Facebook yeah, wall, yeah. so I follow your – but those comments, uh-huh. those uh, quotes or the videos. Oh, don't you love the don't videos? Don't you love seeing oh, a great couple-minute video oh, that yeah. just kind of resets you? I and, could do it every day. Yeah. In fact, I think I do. I do too. But see, then, you know, once you've done 14 of them, yeah, you've got then a, your wife's like, aren't you going to make money? Yeah, exactly. Can you leave? Are yeah. you going <laughs> to just do Facebook all day? You're like, well, no, there's Instagram. <laughs> Get off my back. <laughs> um, was uh, was the happiness because that's chapter four? The happiness yeah, factor. Yeah. What so is the happiness factor gratitude? What is it? Well, it's a it's a lot of things. But there's there's some. And when we talked about the happiness factor, we talk about some of the huge benefits that come. 
just by be, just by being happy, yeah. right? So they took these studies, study of two kids. There are two groups of kids. Both four, uh, both groups were four years old, and they asked them to build this uh, structure using blocks, right? Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And for the one group, they had this fun time, this memory time. They talk about their family, and they talked about all the fun times in their life. And then they gave them the instructions to build the blocks. The other group, they said. Here's the instructions. Go build the, the structure with these blocks. Oh, interesting. Well, okay. So we all know where this is going. Yeah. The happy group built their structure 50% faster. Oh, did they really? Oh, yeah. With, so, yeah. Yeah. That's great. With memories with, and yeah, just a good time. Creating that uh, new attitude, that mm-hmm. new atmosphere. So being happy has a lot of upside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And not being happy has a lot of downside. Well, now everyone's like, well, that's easy for you, yeah. Brian. You got you're a an Saturn. author. You have a Saturn without a tire, <laughs> and you you have a million dollars. But you're saying no. It's a choice. Oh yeah. Here's the thing. It's easier to act into a new way of thinking than it is to think into a new way of acting. That's true. It is. And so uh, every day, start out of the gate just being grateful. For a lot of people, that starts on their knees. Yeah. Which is exactly. great. That is a great way to it do it. It is a great way. And just find the peace. Yeah. And then, and that, that's why the gratitude journal is such a great idea because you can give gratitude to God. You can give God the glory, give him all the, the praise and, the, and be grateful for it, and then know that if it's going bad too, we go back to him and he'll take it and yeah. bring us more peace. Yeah. My wife is a master at this. She's like, uh, she just when she gets out of bed, she just slithers. Yeah, she, she, she's <laughs> like a slug right to her, right to her knees. I can't really pull that yeah. off. I gotta. Well, yeah, wake you up. wouldn't look good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she would look good doing that. And then she hits her knees and then is grateful. Yeah, she right away is grateful. And wow, what a great way to start the day. Well, what a great example. Yeah, she is. Man. Yeah. Lucky me. Lucky you is right, uh, except for the boy that hits things. Yeah, um, Brian Thayer's joining us. He's the author of the book Life Leaves Clues. He's just sharing the clues that he's learned. They're, they're just lessons. They're, every one of us can go find them. You, everyone out there listening, could write their own book. Yeah, we got to start that. Let's a, start a series. That. Life okay. leaves clues. Like Toronto. Life leaves clues. Tennessee. <laughs> Life leaves clues. We'll be right back. More from Brian Thayer right here on the Matt Townsend Show, Sirius XM One Forty Three BYU Radio. back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we are taking on an awesome subject today, being observant. Would you consider yourself to be very observant? Do you notice when your spouse got her hair cut? Just a trim. Do you notice uh, the little details of life? Could you tell when someone's a little off, when someone's a little down? Do you pick up the stories and uh, look for the greatness that you see in others? Um it was a really interesting thing. The quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, Wilson. What's his name? Russell. Wilson. Russell Wilson won the tur- won the uh, the uh, the championship against San Francisco three weeks ago, and he's talking to Terry Bradshaw, who's interviewing him. And Terry Bradshaw, and he's asking Terry Bradshaw how he goes and wins the Super Bowl. So he's not worried about the fact that he just won the championship. He now wants to know how to win the Super Bowl, and he's asking Terry Bradshaw, who's won multiple Super Bowls, 
there's a guy that's being observant. You have an NFL Hall of Fame quarterback in front of you. You just won the championship. We could talk all day about how great you are. But Russell Wilson instead wants to find out, how do I win the big game? And he asked the big pro. That's what we're talking about today. Being observant, letting life teach you. Who better to do that than my friend Brian Thayer, who's the author of the book Life Leaves Clues. Reach your ultimate potential clue by clue. Uh, Brian Thayer is a clue collector. He's a serial entrepreneur since 1992, a consultant, author of The One Minute Networker, and this new book, Life Leaves Clues, which you can find at his website, lifeleavesclues.com. Welcome back, Brian. Good job. Thank you. You've done a great job so far. This is fun. Could you, you know, every chapter of the book filled with stories. Yeah. Why don't you write a book without any stories, just clues? (laughs) Uh, because it would be so boring. It would just be a list of clues. <laughs> It'd be a very short book. But every one of the every one of your uh, areas that we've talked a little bit about uh, that the questions lie in the answers that the happiness factor. Um, talk about chapter three. That one seems interesting. Practice makes you lucky. Mm. Well, uh, I think we've all said this at one time. Isn't she so lucky? Yeah, I can't she's believe how so lucky, lucky he is. Yeah, she got the skinny ankles. <laughs> <laughs> She's so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if that's um, what, yeah. Yeah. But the reality is uh, there isn't much luck involved in success, I should say. Yeah. I mean, you can fall into fortune, but you never fall into success. Yeah. It's hours it's and hours hard. and hours. And you know, because you have these kids that are so talented. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Naturally gifted yeah. from their mother's gene pool. <laughs> I bring that up because I remember one time in church, this uh, young man was playing the piano and. He just nailed it. I mean, it's just, Did he? Oh, yeah. His name is David Sagai, fantastic piano pianist. And, yeah. And after he was done, I walked up to his mother. I said, man, isn't he gifted? And she set me straight right there. She What'd said, you, you know what? He's been practicing since he was six years old. He's gifted, but he works hard. Interesting. I loved I it. I love that, too. I loved it. Yeah, we want to think it's just this gene thing that all of a sudden, you know, you're just all this, you're just awesome. Yeah. But it might be better to learn its work. Yeah. That's the big uh, clue here is that uh, work is every part of success. Yeah. Uh, when the Beatles bust onto the scene in 1964, they'd already played 1,200 live performances. Nobody really talks about that. Oh, yeah. They were just lucky when they got here. Well, yeah. 1,200 <laughs> live performances for yeah. pay probably, yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, Mozart, uh, yeah. you know, you, you know how many years he practiced before he hit his big hit at 21. He'd already started at 10. See? Yeah. Lucky. So, lucky luck. <laughs> lucky luck. They Russell Wilson, it. I'm sure he's I know. so lucky. He's lucky. Well, yeah. It's just luck of the draw. Yeah. It's not, is it? No. But it see, isn't. we, we want to even think, uh, but you even say practice makes you lucky. We also get into that whole thing practice makes you perfect. Mm. But sometimes you need to not be perfect. And most of the time you're practicing, it's not perfect. No. And you're blowing it and you're blowing it and you're blowing it. But there's something about that consistent mistake making process that facilitates, I guess, lucky. Yeah. There's a great book by Malcolm Gladwell. Mm -hmm. You know what it is, Outliers. Yeah, Yeah. great book. 10,000 Hours. Who wants to hear that? No. 10,000 Hours. Macklemore made a song, 10,000 Hours. Yeah. Are you serious? You need to get that song. Okay, I'll download that. Macklemore. Okay. He uh, just won a Grammy for an, another song. But 10,000 Hours, it's off of that book, yeah. Outliers. Mm-hmm. Who wants to do anything 10,000 no. hours? Well, well, lucky people would just do it two or three and then yeah. boom. Boom, there it is. Yeah. Money in their pocket. <laughs> just like that. doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. But here's the thing. Uh, 
you've got to find something that you love and something that you can get a, get passionate about. Yeah. Whether whether you're in um, sales or you're parenting or you want to be yeah. uh, creative in some way, find something that drives you. Uh, that helps you create uh, a vision for the end because yeah. the vision in the end is what's going to pull you through. I I think that's where life does give you clues. In we you know your passion. You may not. I have people all the time tell me that they don't have a passion or they don't have talents that are just obvious. They always say you you've got talents, Matt, but mine aren't obvious like yours. Mm. But the interesting thing is, there's signs, there's clues. You could be looking for clues of where your talents are, where your passions are. Like, what are people telling you you do well? Mm. Where do you feel at peace? What are you giving? I mean, in each one of those moments, there's a sign. Mm-hmm. And that sign could tell you very well. Now, there may not be a... You may love video games. Or I may not. You, or you may not. But your son might. <laughs> <laughs> your son may love video games. Um, but there's a clue there. You may not think we're going to go employ my son with video games, but there's something, there's lessons in video games or whatever they're doing that yeah. could tell them what they do like. What do they like? Adventure? Do they like solving problems? Or do they just like murdering people on video <laughs> games? So, how do we stay the course? I mean, how do I stick to the task? 10,000 hours is a long time yeah. when you're not seeing that you're, the, you're just this brilliant protege, you know? Yeah. There's a couple things you want to do. One thing, uh, a couple, here, here are a few things that you can make note of. Find something that comes natural, something that you're drawn to, something that you can see the end in, in mind. Yeah. And, and also find people that are uh, already good at that thing. Yeah. So you have a picture of what that looks like. Yeah, that's right? great. Yeah. And then you want to reach out to them, of course, and ask them how they do it, how they stay with it, wh- and how's the payoff, how yeah. are things going. Those are all the things you need to kind of anchor you in this thing that you want to go after, right? That's great. The other thing I want to uh, point out is you got to ritualize it. So uh, whatever it is you're going to be doing on a regular basis so you can master this craft, yeah. you got to ritualize it's it. Like gotta, it's got to be a habit or a part yeah. of your day-to-day. Yes, so you can't do 10,000 hours one hour at a time, one weekend at a time. <laughs> right. Yeah. You've got to stick with it. You've yeah. got to keep it a part of your life. But then it does something to you. Then it just kind of takes over after a while mm-hmm. and it just becomes a part of you, right? And it just serves you. It yeah. just You just feel so good doing it. It doesn't uh, scare you anymore. That's it, it actually just drives you. you That's know? what I've even noticed with speaking. We were talking about speaking off the air and like I'll do 50 to – 55 free speeches a year Mm. and I'll only do them for bigger groups, but they're free Mm -hmm. and I do it because it's a passion, Mm -hmm. but you do that 20 years and all of a sudden you've got 10,000 ish kind of hours. You've got stuff happening. So, but once you ritualize it and then people know you're predictably going to be able to deliver then everyone else starts. Then you've kind of created the attraction. Now all of a sudden, everyone can trust your ritual. They know you're mm, going to deliver. That's right. And then that's where you'll make money or get a life or yeah, get a career. Absolutely. That's, so that's how you do it. Yeah, that's how you do it. There's something magical, too, that happens after you've been doing it for a while, whatever it is you're yeah, working Yeah, whatever on. you're doing. Yeah. You start to feel ready. You start to feel like um, you deserve success mm-hmm. because you do, Yeah, actually. And you're good. You're good at it. And you actually are, and you're, you're, you see the nuances of it, and it makes it so it's not work. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what you kind of see. Sometimes you see these people that love football. They're so good at football, they eventually go pro, and then they lose the love of it. Mm-hmm. 
And then what happens? Yeah, then what do you do? Yeah, things change. Then you just start selling razors <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the side of the road. Oh, yeah. Well, that's cool. So practice makes you lucky. Yeah. These are good lessons. You yeah. ought to write a book. Okay. I'll make a note of that. <laughs> that he wrote down. it down. Mm-hmm. Write a book. Do the right thing. Chapter six. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite lesson there? Um, uh, the, the, probably one of my favorite lessons is, is to follow your first voice. What is that? What the heck is your that? Your first voice? Your first voice. Yeah. When I was in college down at uh, Snow College, that really is a college. Okay. I told a friend of mine I went to Snow College. He goes, oh, yeah. He went yeah, to his eyes. I know sure what that is. Yeah, that's up in the I've mountains. heard of Snow College. <laughs> you skier. Yeah. No, at Snow College, I remember uh, a philosophy teacher down there that I really fell in love with his course and, and uh, not so much him, but yeah. the course. <laughs> and uh but that's what he uh, pointed out. And I thought, my gosh, that is powerful. Your first oh, voice. Your first voice. It's that voice that you hear when you first hear the alarm go off that says, get up. It's See, that, it's that's that... not my first voice. <laughs> that's my fourth voice. That's the fourth my voice. My first voice is like, what the? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, really? It, yeah. That's, that's a great metaphor. Well, because that we're inner all, voice. Yeah, we, we're, we are really are magnificent. In fact, I remember being in one of your audiences and mm. you said that we go from human to hero or mm. hero to human yeah. back and forth. Right? Oh, yeah, that's a favorite. That's the hero talking to us. Right. That we all have that, right? Yeah. I love that because uh, whatever it is, whether you are a parent that first voice says, calm down. Yeah. Uh, whether you're a coach and says, uh, put them up to bat first. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. Or if you're in sales, it says, um, make another phone call. Yeah. Follow up. You know, all those things. That voice. But there's always a second or third voice that says, how about tomorrow? Yeah. Well, <laughs> or well, later. Is there ice cream in yeah. the cooler? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Exactly, right? So trying to follow that first voice uh, helps you do the right thing. How do you do that? That is that is the key to success. Yeah. It is a big key. It's also a key to happiness, too. It is, isn't it? Yeah, and finding more clues, by yeah. the way. Yeah, it is, because you're out there digging. Yeah. You're doing what you need to do to keep learning yeah. and growing. you got to slow down. you got to think a little bit more and spend some time in your head and just pay attention to some things. And here's the thing, too, Matt, is the more you do it, the better you get at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just Isn't like that, anything. Just like this. You get tuned into that voice. And then it's almost like that's the only voice you trust, right? Yeah, that's you a good voice. Eventually, you don't trust... You don't trust the third or fourth voice. Right. But you still have it. Like, I would still, I kind of like the third or fourth voice. I mean, I play with it a little Especially bit. Especially when I'm looking in the pantry. That's right. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Come on. Come it's on. just carbs. Chocolate. More so, carbs. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is um, I, I guess, the key to doing the right thing is listening to that quiet voice. Mm-hmm. And then I guess, too, um, by being disciplined to take the take the leap. I yeah. mean, you don't always know if it's going to pay off. No, you don't. But here's one thing I do know is it does something to you when you pay attention to that voice. Yeah. Yeah. You don't lose confidence by not doing things you can't do. You lose confidence by not doing things you can do. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or things you shouldn't be doing and really mastering them. Yeah. Well, how do you teach your kids this? This is a great kid thing. Um, uh, one of the great things is through asking questions and helping them pay attention and, and having them have dialogue with you. There was a, another st- a, a time in my life where we were down, all of our whole family were downtown, and uh, we were hungry, and it was in the wintertime when we were cold, but we said, let's go to this place and get a hamburger, this great place called Crown Burger. Oh, yes. Yeah, Crown Burger. Crown Burger. Okay. Royal. Yeah. 
So we all go in there and we order our hamburgers and our drinks and we go to the soda fountain, get our drinks and get some ca- fry sauce and ketchup. Mm. Get our t- oh, yeah. Yes. Enough napkins. I'm hungry. Yeah. I was, we were, I was hungry and I was ready to roll yeah. as soon as we hit that table. And uh, all four kids, my wife, we just got set. And just as I was about to dig into this cheeseburger and fries and Diet Coke, half yeah. Coke, half yeah. Diet. Yeah. I split yeah. it up there. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. You don't want a whole Coke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here's what happened. Just as I was about to dig into that, I noticed out of the corner of my eye this gentleman sitting at a table by himself. And uh, he had a brown paper sack. And I just felt something there. So I watched him for a minute, and he pulled out of this brown paper sack these leaves of lettuce and started eating it. And then I realized that he, he was eating his dinner from the trash can. Mm. He looked great. He had his hair was silver, but it was combed nicely. He looked fantastic, yeah. but I just knew. You, you felt that I voice. Knew yeah. And here's what that voice said. Don't eat your meal. It's not yours. Huh. So... Uh, as our family was eating, because everybody was hungry, it didn't take us long yeah, to, to yeah. eat our dinner. I just left mine there and didn't make a big deal of it, and we cleaned up the table and we left. And when we got in the car, I saw this man leave his table and go over to mine and have a real meal. Mm. And uh, I point that out uh, just simply because things like that happen all the time yeah. if you pay attention to them. If you listen. Yeah. The clues were there. Yeah. Oh, they were or there. Or he was like it's a, a brown vegetarian. Paper sack. Yeah. Yeah. But I was so hungry, I almost missed it. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? You you also didn't make it a point to even feel a need to go embarrass him or talk to him. Yeah. You just knew to leave it. Yep. I knew. I just knew it. That is huge. So that was a good experience for me. And good it, job. And it, and it just uh, manifested what I already knew. In that well, and that's, so that's how you teach your kids to follow the oh, first yeah. voice. You're right. You're, I forgot to tell you that. That's when we it. got in the car, uh, we all could see... And I just explained to them what happened. And yeah. and not to give uh, yeah. me any credit. Yeah, but just you're not say, like all that. You're, oh, no. You're it's a not hamburger. that great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, still, they know I'm not all that. You still took your Diet Coke. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I still drove through the Wendy's. On the, I might change. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, a great, what a great example. And what a great book. I wish we had more time to talk. But this is, you know, this is like long needed People, the answers are out there. Yeah. Give us one more thing. Tell us the one thing uh, that's that you would say is the most important thing. So uh, of everything you learned writing the book or just the lessons, I mean, the, listening to the voice, your first voice, that's pretty critical. Is What else? What's the one thing you'd say, Bri, is the, is the key? Um, uh, there are a couple of things, but yeah. I'll, I'll focus on one thing. Uh, and this is pretty big. Always have a next Always, pay, if you, here's a great clue. Pay attention to people uh, that do well, and you'll notice. Yeah. And I, when I say do well, I'm not just talking financially. Let's right. throw that out. Let's just, just say well in life. Do well in life. They seem to have the balance. Yeah. They seem to have it together. They seem to be content. Yeah. Okay. They have a next. They always have a yeah. next. A plan B. A, a, a plan B, and a, then a C. And yeah. then, it's just like this. Uh, if you if you ever if you've known someone who's really good at running races. Yeah. It runs yeah. a lot, oh, yeah. and they enter these races. Can't these, stand them. Yeah, they're weird. No, yeah. they're healthy. There's, yeah, they have these great bodies. <laughs> anyway, uh, here's what you'll notice about them: before they even finish the race that's ahead of them, maybe next month or in a yeah. few weeks, they've already registered for the, for the next, next one. one. It's crazy. Yeah, 
They just have a next. And so one of the things I like to teach people is the number seven, okay? And here's what it is. There are seven numbers in your phone number. There are seven colors in the rainbow. There are seven basic musical notes. Seven's a pretty powerful world, number yeah, in our lives. right. Before you finish the day, write down seven things you're going to do tomorrow. Oh, that's great. Just do it. Just write them down. Things you're going to get done tomorrow. And watch what that does for you in the morning with that first voice. You've oh, yeah. already put it down, right? You that's already have great. it. Yeah. Having a next is a, a big thing. It's a big, big clue. I love that. Well, and then it's not like you need to generate new focus and energy. You've already identified yourself. You've already things. done it. You're probably already on the way. Yeah. Your brain was working it all night. That's right. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. I think yeah. they say finish your uh, start your day before you finish or something like that. That's it. I never really finish my day. Yeah. So <laughs> that's uh, great. Always have a next. Good work, Brian. You rock. We'll have to have you back on. I would love to. Just uh, remember who you are. Okay. Brian Thayer. Go check out the book. There you go. Life Leaves Clues. You can find the book, Amazon, iTunes, lifeleavesclues.com. Life Leaves Clues, author Brian Thayer, the man, the myth, the legend. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, um, my friend Brian Thayer said if you go to his website and uh, lifeleavesclues.com, you can get a free download, audio download, of, or a free download of his, of his first chapter, Law of Gravity. So go to the website, lifeleavesclues.com. Look up, I think, in the upper right-hand corner or so, and you'll have a free download. Boom, chapter one, Law of Gravity. Cool. Now... Back to Jess. Jess, have you been paying attention to the show since we had the little uh, episode at the very beginning? No. <laughs> you weren't there to be like, you're zoning out. I you're know. zoning out. But even, you know, it's, it's <laughs> mayday, eight, mayday. You're like a goldfish. <laughs> yeah. Nine seconds. Well, <laughs> I never noticed until this morning or well, earlier in the I'm show, I guess. Glad I could help. What are we talking about right now? So um, we've been talking about clues, life's clues. Yeah. Um, now we're going to talk about mystery because that's Ooh. what I thought of when I thought clues, mystery. Yeah. And well, I see the connection. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, there's a lot of mysteries in our lives that have never been solved. Solved. And in, I in went the world? looked at them. <gasps> Let's hear. Yeah. Yes. I know. Well, one. I'm going to just hit out a bunch Triangle. of Triangle. Yep. Bermuda. Exactly. That was okay. on my art. We already know these ones. But we know that's an alien. Those are aliens. Atlantis. Who knows? Yeah. Loch Ness Monster. Mm, Bigfoot. Totally. True, true, true. Yeah, aliens uh-huh. and the Stonehenge. So those are the ones I was I was like, oh, everybody knows those, but yes, I it's the the Bermuda Triangle. Ever since I've learned about well, that one, I was one. like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> That's one okay. more we haven't figured out yet. I'll give you that okay. one. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Okay, so, so what funny. are some more? Okay, so um, there's this one. In the UK, where they have the New Jersey yeah, accents, uh-huh. we learned this. Yeah, they talk like earlier. they're from New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there's a. If you go to see Sir George Mackenzie's um, burial place, people leave the. They it's a tour, okay. so they go through this tour, and people always leave with bruises, scratches, and some even faint during it, but they don't know why. Well, it sounds like a bad tour. A lot of people- <laughs> 
Why are they going? It's not because they lose it. It sounds like a horrible tour. Yeah. Anyways, it's kind of weird. Okay, huh? that is weird. Nobody knows. Bruised and battered. Yes. Weird. More. Here's another one. So there's this boat in 1947 that sent an SOS message that said, everybody, the captain, the crew, everybody's dead. Later, the person who sent that message died, and they went to find the boat just completely wiped out. No, 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 no. Weird. And nobody knows what happened. Nobody knows. It's the cook. <laughs> it's always had, the they cook. They had bad meatloaf. Oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. That'll kill a whole crew. Hey, that's actually a pretty valid And the guy that idea. wrote the message was the cook, but he didn't want to admit it. That was a riddle, and I feel like you just solved it. I just it. solved it. We need to call the I don't know if you know this. People. PhD. I'm a doctor. Oh, yeah. I always forget. Give me more. These are fun. Yeah, they are fun, huh? So there's this um, this piece of aluminum that people found um, in Romania, and it was buried along with 2.5 million-year-old elephant bones. And so people are like, it was buried with it. Hmm. So they're thinking- Collar. 2.5 million years ago- Elephant collar. They had aluminum. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They just, That's how they kept their drinks cold. Aluminum cans. Yeah. Well, that was a while ago. And Wow, that is weird. It's weird, huh? Okay, give us one more. So weird. We might need to do this at the end of the show. Yeah, there's a lot of fun this, ones. These are good. Okay, I like this one. This one's a little bit weird, but I like it. That's all right. Okay, no, I'm going to do this one. Okay, well, there's, there are a lot of good ones. Okay, so this is called the Nazca Geo... Hold on, what was Gyo, it called? What What's it called? So what it is... <laughs> I, don't, I can't pronounce it. Anyways... Um, they have these hieroglyphs, um, and they make spiders, monkeys, sharks, orcas, and flowers with a lot of precision. Um, but where they are in Nazca, mm-hmm. they have no way of examining the work from above, and they're in like these huge fields. So, so, that, so these are all like etched, like a hieroglyph. Yeah, but like kind of like a, an alien. Has has come down to a crop field, yeah, exactly. and made a crop hieroglyph. Yeah, and they're they're these beautiful um, images of just you know chiseled out, yeah, earth. But there's no way to look at it from above. So it's like, how did they get it exactly perfect? Oh, interesting. They, I don't know how they did it either. I think D- doctor. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll tell you. Um, it's called a corn maze. Yes. So back in the day, they made corn mazes. Yeah. And then they ran the corn maze so much that they it, it etched it into the ground. Yeah, but how did they do it in the corn maze then? They planted a maze of corn, and they made the maze. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, that's there you go. Mysteries unsolved. There's clues though. There's clues. I already solved one of them. Yeah, that was. I can't solve. I will all give of them. you the. Let's just the, get real. I can't solve one. every mystery, <laughs> but we fixed one. Boat. The cook. It was the cook. It's always the cook. <laughs> Good work, Jess. And you, by the way, stayed with us for longer than eight seconds. When I'm talking, I can pay I know, attention. It's it. when you're talking, you talking, I can't. I know. It's weird. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's almost like it's... You sound like my dad. Hmm. Good, because we're going to have a talk <laughs> after the show. Um, we'll take a break. When we come back, the incomparable Meg Conley will be joining us from Meg in Progress. We're going to pick her brain on life. And the clues it leaves. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, 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 Meg's in the house. Hey. Meg Conley's joining us. Meg's a writer. Uh, you've probably been to her website thousands of times. <laughs> Meg in progress. By the way, not to be confused with Mug in progress. I don't even want it. Would that be like... It's a violent It's a violent website oh, where they videotape <laughs> muggings. Oh, I was thinking like mug shots. Oh, that would like, be great yeah. too. <laughs> hey, I just found something out that's very interesting about you. Yeah. You're much younger than I thought you were. And again, I don't know. I, I'm worried that I'm like, is it the crow's feet? I do feel no, like I already you have you actually, crow's your feet. face is pristine. <laughs> I mean, sure, you're curled like a 48-year-old. Right. But um, no, you look, but it's it's really, I thought, I'm not going to give your age because we may not want your age out there. Do you think Do you think it'd be detrimental? Like your, no. your listeners won't take me seriously no. anymore? No, but your readers might not. <laughs> But my listeners don't take you seriously. Okay, they don't anyway. take me seriously. No, <laughs> ever since no you problem. hosted the show, they're like that lady's crazy. <laughs> that lady's bonkers. But you are much, much, much younger than you seem. Thank not, you. And it's I, not your I, appearance. I will take it. But I always, your wisdom is so <laughs> profound. It's almost like you have lived. It's almost like you're seventy right. in wisdom, right? Well, you know, um, I've I've been like this, uh, you know you know, weird since I was a kid. There were a lot of lunches by myself in the library. Yeah, where you just held so, your own Right, right. Like, I didn't brown bag. Five year olds were like, that girl is crazy. Why is she talking to herself? <laughs> right. So I, I blame my parents. They let me yeah. read a lot of things that like maybe I shouldn't have read. Like when I was eight <laughs> Did I they? read, well, like, Of Mice and Men. I read that when I was eight. Really? Yeah, and, that and was traumatic. I remember coming downstairs. I read it in, like, two nights, and I finished it, like, at one in the morning. I came downstairs bawling, and I was like, why did you let me read that book? What were you thinking? Why were you so, reading till one in the morning? Oh, I, I, that's what I always did, yeah, because... Okay, you know, did, developmentally, that's wrong. Do you think so? Yeah. Oh, it can never be wrong to read, right? Well, not, that's well, always okay. Well, except you need sleep. Yeah, well, I, I still don't get very much sleep. Although although I watch TV and read. I'm not as, I'm not as academic as I once was. So. You, but you, if again, you need to go check out her website, Megan Progress, because you write some pretty fantastic oh, stuff. Oh, you're very nice. You have to say that because um, I, I pay you to. Well, you also cupcakes. filled in for me. And so I did, yes. You're basically free labor. Right. Right, I am. I am. I need to talk to somebody about that at some <laughs> yeah. point. Nope. No one's going to talk to you about that. How's Zuzu and Viola? They're doing very well. Zuzu turns five on Sunday, so we're going to have a big frozen extravaganza party. Frozen meaning outside? Yep. I'm just going to throw all the five-year-olds outside, and I'm going to be like, brilliant. stay out yeah. until you start feeling warm. That's right. And then it's time for you to come in. Yeah. Once so you've warmed up, that, then you can come in. That's the plan. That's the plan. So. Um, that's a great parenting model. Right. <laughs> Just, you know, almost hypothermia. We just send so. them all outside and we haven't heard from them. Right. Everything's fine. <laughs> They're all out right? there frozen <laughs> together. No, she loves Elsa and that Disney movie, so. Oh, does she? Yeah. Do yeah. they like the song, Let It Go? Oh, it's the only thing that I hear all day long, every day. Well, are they let trying to tell you something? Yeah, let it go, Mom. Please, step <laughs> Get away. Get off my back. Yeah. And every time I sing along to it, she'll be like, um... I thought you had a really good voice, but then I heard this song, and I don't know if you do. You and don't, I'm like, Mom. okay, sorry, sorry. See, so it's embarrassing. It's aren't embarrassing. Aren't kids special that They're way? very, very honest. See, life, we've been talking about clues. Yes. And nobody gives better clues than little right, kids. Right, right. Just a like, smack in the yeah. face kind Mommy, of Mommy, your breath stop, smells. Yeah, stop singing. Stop singing. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, that, a, it's a lot of fun, and it'll be a fun little party. You, so. um, am I invited? Yeah, sure, but you have to dress up as either Anna or Elsa. 
So <sighs> I know you already have at least one of those costumes at home. So Actually, it's up to you. It's up to you. <laughs> it's hard to decide because I have is. both. Right. <laughs> Which one's the one that was the ice queen? Oh, that's Elsa for sure. Yeah. That's She's Elsa. hardcore. She's hardcore. That's the one my daughter's Okay. Like, you know so. what? You know way too much about this show. It's we've seen it three times already. Oh, you're groupies. Yeah, we're groupies. We're very serious about it, and we're gonna go to the sing along and like. Are you really? I, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You're Are addicted. you kidding me? Yeah, it's way good. I've never done that. Well, I haven't either. But but having little girls, you're willing to make a fool out of yourself more oh, readily yeah. than other times. Totally. That's why we you only had one. You already make a fool out of yourself. So pardon? Uh, nothing. <laughs> what was that? What do you mean? I. You must have a lot of daughters. I only have one daughter. <laughs> And she doesn't even live at home anymore. So what are you going to teach us today? Because we've learned so much about life and clues. And I sit here, when you're going to be on the show, I think, perfect. Right. Because now we're going to be edified. Nobody teaches better than Megan Marie Conley. That would be great if that was my middle name. It's Elaine, though, which is cooler. Is it Elaine? Cooler, yeah. Because, you know, it's kind of like reminds me of Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. you dance like her, by the way. I kind of do. Yeah, I that's believe not, that. Yeah, that's you not You remind me of her. That's not... I, highest compliment ever. I just want her entire wardrobe. Do you it's really? really? Oh, yeah. Early 90s? Like, the shoulder pads and, like, the kind of, like, Catherine Hepburn button-up thing they had going on. It was nice. You and you would want I mean, to wear I was, that I now. I was a baby then. But you were probably rocking all that stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have such a way, oh, Meg. Thing. Such a beautiful well, way. Well, the thing... The thing I wanted to talk about today is I was reading this really interesting study where it talked about how we're how we're raising our children and that and in the middle class America in in uh, particular and that um, we have them involved in in all these different things karate on Monday piano on Thursdays art lessons the other day culinary lessons yeah. the other day because we feel like we need to prepare them for everything yeah. and it's interesting because the uber wealthy mm-hmm. don't do that the uber wealthy are like you will learn how to yacht and that's like what their kids yeah. do yacht you and lie, right play i don't know very many okay yeah isn't that what the, i feel like alice in wonderland uber yeah. wealthy it's kind of the same thing yeah. right so. but i don't like the, the you just used a, you just used an accent for wealthy that i'm not sure where that's it, like when you become very wealthy it's like your voice like drips the money you uh-huh. know money like drip. yeah and the money trip the, the age-old affliction of money trip and so, so they only choose one thing so so they tend to specialize yeah. and um and then um, working class, um, uh, lower class, they don't have time either no. to specialize or the money or, or the money to do what the middle class does. And so they'll just so, uh, they'll do what the schools offer. That's right. So cheap they do, or less they do what the schools offer. The mom and dads um, often both work. They're pressed for time because they're doing blue collar jobs. And so and so their kids are often allowed to choose one thing. Yes. Like we can afford to get you into karate. We can afford to. Yeah. So so the middle class. um the middle class thinks that they're preparing their kids for for life. Yeah, because they have like who knows what he, what well, Johnny maybe wants they're going to gonna jump a class. Up. Maybe they're going to jump a class. Right. Maybe they're going to be in, a, in the Olympics. Right. Maybe they want to be an artist. And so and so what the middle class does is they create this burden of um, of. Um, you know, hoping that their kids can be proficient in everything, which means that they generally become proficient in nothing. That's so and true. And they're not... And burnt out. Uh, yeah. And then when they cast them off into the world, the kids don't really have an, any idea what their true passions right. are, um, where their talents lie. And then they get into radio. Right. That is my life. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, uh, Mom. <laughs> Thank you for nothing. <laughs> See, my parents expected nothing of me, so... But you know It's what? really worked out Nailed in the it. end. So. <laughs> Oh, mediocrity. I'm 
so but I think you're onto something there. Did you hear earlier that the average attention span is down to like nine seconds? So interesting. So I think that we see that reflected, Pitiful. right? Pitiful. Right, right. And so and so we have these kids that can kind of karate chop or kind of play the piano, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever it is. So I think that I think that you can extend that also to to um, middle class adults. I think that we feel like we have to be really good at everything, yeah. and then and then we're really good at nothing. Nothing, and we don't even know what our real we don't even go with our real passion. No, what our calling is, yeah. whatever you want to, yeah. what our um, avocation. What, right, right, whatever you want to call it. And so I think that. Um, so, so I think that what we need to do as parents is is sit back, you know, maybe pull our kids out of everything. And, you know, you guys have been talking about life's clues and, and listen to what you're supposed to do in life. Maybe see where they gravitate mm-hmm. and then follow them there instead of trying to lead them there. I like that. I love when you like that. <laughs> now, here's the dilemma. Okay. Because I've tried to pull my kids out of everything. Right, right. And they're like, no. We right. like all this. Our they, friends are all doing this. Right, for sure, for sure. Well, I think it's horrible. It's horrible. Well, I think that you have to decide um what, what do we want to define life as, right? Like what do we want to define fulfillment as? And and our kids have been programmed by us and then also by society at large that this is how you find fulfillment. Yeah. But um but the thing is is they aren't going to be able to keep doing all of these activities, all of these, you know, they're not going to be able to be amateurs and everything right. for the rest of their right. lives. And so then they hit maybe college, maybe middle age, whatever it is. And then suddenly they have this midlife crisis, this early life crisis, because they don't even know what they're good at. No. They don't even know what they like. And by 21, you have you should have some idea of what you, you like. You would think so. Maybe not your life calling, but you what could, you gravitate well, towards. Well, look at you. You're 23. Right. And you have, so you have a five-year-old so and a three-year-old. Right. Well, you know, prom was interesting. So. That was so weird. <laughs> Pregnant at prom. So I have a son. My wife, we have one child. We, we want our children to do something. But I right. have a child that plays sports. And so we would like to like have him not right. play every sport. Right. Choose a sport. Sure. But he can't choose. He's young. Okay. So sure. whatever. But then we kind of want him to play an instrument. Right. Because the other kids play instruments. Right. <laughs> and so he's, I'm afraid that in about five years, he's going to be the one that just sits there. I guess he'll be the roadie. He'll be right. the manager. Sure, sure. And just carry everyone's instruments. Right, right. We're well, trying to be the Von Trapp family. Right. I was just about to say, <laughs> yeah. why do they all have to play yeah. instruments? And they though, don't. Right? They actually don't. It's, I mean, it's good for your brain. Like, my kids, um, as soon as my daughter turns five, so that's the Sunday, we're going to put her in piano lessons because yeah. I do think that that helps development. But yeah. if that, if after a couple of years, mm-hmm. she doesn't want to be a pianist, that's not a problem. Yeah. Let's find out. You might want to try a smaller instrument. Right. They're so hard to take places. It's like, She's like, Mom, an accordion. come on, an accordion. She would love that. She would love that. A harmonica. But I think... I think I, you're right, though. Because I feel like... Um, I was thinking about this the other day. Why do I write? Well, I think I write because... Um, when I was seven, I told my first, you know, what's seven? Is that first or second grade? I told my teacher I wanted to be a writer when I grow up. I mean, but in a lot of ways, my parents left room for me to figure out what I wanted to do. But you know that you're, you know, your teacher's not going to find out if you've, you're writing. Enough. I feel like she will. Like, I feel like I made you, a commitment. You know you're not obligated. I made a commitment. Like, but I got, you also were reading till one in the morning. Right. You so love it words. Was, so you've it was already something I leaned towards. That's and neat. so while other kids were, you know, maybe overscheduled and then and then they continue that on into their adult lives, this could totally be just my justification for how yeah, mediocre you're just I am too, though. But um, I was given room to figure out what I wanted to Who do. Who gave you the room? Because did they not, did your parents not feel social pressure? 
No. Oh, my parents. Yeah. No. Because no, there's never a lot of parents that feel social, social pressure. pressure. <laughs> Were your parents hippies? Uh, no, libertarians, which is just as oh, bad. Oh, they're horrible. Oh, they're horrible. <laughs> my, they don't have all the drugs, but they have they have the. But they the want you to be slant. able to have the drugs right. if you want them. <laughs> but um, no, I um, no, my parents felt like. The childhood was for fi- figuring out how yeah. to be myself, it's not play. for figuring yeah. out how out. to be everything else. And so, and so for me, sometimes, even though I was raised that way and I feel like I figured out what I enjoy doing, I still feel that pressure now. Like, oh, yeah. why am I not scrapbooking? Yeah. Why am I not this, you know, amazing crocheting. cook? Why am right. I not crocheting? And so... I have to constantly remind myself I don't have to be able to do everything because the things that I enjoy were already there innately. That is not mm. something you have to seek them within yourself. They're not, and then and then they're outward activities. But the clues are there too the for clues, what you love because you'd sure, stay up till one sure, the, and the you things, were telling your right, teacher you'd write. Right. So my daughter, she sings in front of the mirror all day long. Oh, great! So she'll be a narcissist. She's a narcissist, right? Like <laughs> or a sociopath? Not yeah. sure. But, what does she sing? <laughs> right now, it's Frozen. Also, a lot of Patty Loveless, which I'm very proud really? of. Yeah, totally. That's great. Yeah, it's great. It's great. That because so, that's a throwback. That's a throwback. So, um, but so, so, okay. So she loves to sing. She loves performance. Like, so let's follow that. Let's figure out what I can do to help mm-hmm. her embrace that aspect. But how's herself. her math skills? Well, yeah, we're working on that. <laughs> See, that. That's, that's it. We sometimes get caught up thinking we have to be something. Right. Right. That's exactly. Your point. Right. We but just have to. And you're I'm letting not, it emerge. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that as adults, we need to allow ourselves that too. You know, I've talked to my sister a lot where she feels like, well, I really enjoy doing. She enjoys creating this beautiful home. Mm. She enjoys having, you know, gorgeously homemade meals that oh. I just could never. Yeah. Right. Not in a can. No, not like my crock pot meals. And, um, and and she enjoys, you know, quilt. I mean, quilting, yeah. things like that. And she has felt for a long time like she had to find what she yeah. was good at. But hello, that is what that she is what creates environments. At. She, I mean, that's amazing. That she creates order out of disorder. I mean, she's doing the work, the work of a creator of a yeah. of a god. I mean, that's fantastic. And so and so, what she's good at, what she's passionate about, she's already doing. Mm-hmm. I think that if we step back and look at our lives, like where are we spending our time? Quit if it's making it. us happy, stop pushing yeah. it. Right. Let it right. evolve. Right. Exactly. I love that. And and accept it. It doesn't. You know. Yeah. I accept my mediocrity. Uh, well, I you're not mediocre at all. But here's what's neat. Genius is exhausting. Nobody yeah. wants that. Well, when cute little Zuzu, <laughs> this is. I'll just tell you, there'll be a day you'll be on a cruise ship. I sure. I like this day. Let's keep going with that. And you'll go to the. You'll go to the. Um, you'll go to the Lido Lounge. Sure. I've never been on a cruise ship. But... And they'll introduce Zuzu. And she'll be singing, <laughs> and she'll be singing "Let and It Go" I will from be Frozen. So delighted and for dancing, her, as long as she's not a sixty-year-old singing "Let It Go" on the cruise ship. <laughs> but that's great. That's, but that's great. Her, that's her. All right, she's found her. But way. I think we need to stop assuming that we all need to be experts in everything, no. and that our children need to. Like, yeah. rele- if you take that pressure off, life has a way of taking you where you need to be. Well, and then it's almost like once that pressure's off, it, then it'll appear. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It'll so. Then you'll just say, that's what you're going to do. You're going to throw knives at a carnival. So, okay, that's totally my youngest daughter. She's like a rage monkey. Uh-huh. Like, she's got, like, a lot of pent-up energy. Like, I could totally see her <laughs> You know doing why? That. I'll tell you why. I'm like, do you want to wrestle? Let's have you wrestle. <laughs> this is the therapist in me. If I had to listen to the song Let It Go 500 times a day, I'd start throwing well, knives. Yeah, well, yeah, she's about there. Let she's it go. about there. Let it go. <laughs> I'll like... let it go. That's totally her. Totally Meg her. Conley. Oh, where have you been? 
Just, I've missed you. You know, glad to be back. Glad to be Goodness back. Goodness <laughs> gracious, you're the best. You're awesome, seriously. Well, you know. It, see, that is my life calling, is to be awesome. Well, Take you're not even just off. awesome. You're really awesome. You're very nice. Are you going to stick with us for you the game? You know it. You know it. Okay, we're uh, going to wrap up this fun show. We're coming back with a game. Of course, Jessica's in charge of it, so who knows what we'll actually do with <laughs> It'll it. It'll be great. And, uh, again, lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Meg Conley. Go to Meg Conley or MeganProgress.com and go uh, listen to the song. Let it go. Let it go. Let You'll love it. <laughs> we'll be right back. You're listening to Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back. That's the hoedown music, which means you know Jessica Littlewood, Littlefield, <laughs> is in the room. Jessica, we're playing a game, 20 questions? Yep. So we play. will ask you 20 questions, <laughs> right? You have to guess oh, you, you, the word. You will have a word, a thought you're having, and then we have to guess. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to be asking the questions. Okay. Oh, I hate that. Okay. I'm not I'm good at this game. So we'll go back and forth, okay. and we together have to figure out what... She's thinking, and we have 20 questions. Interesting. Okay. Okay. okay I just picked the word out of a little box. Did you give so it I'm to James biased. so we know that you will not change it? Okay. Oh, you have it like written on a piece of paper. Yeah. Very okay, nice. I have it. Okay. So... Is it bigger than a bread box? Yes. Wait, don't you have to tell us person, place, or thing first? Oh, yes. What? You ask? Well, that's how That's how we roll. Okay. Yeah. It's a thing. Okay. Okay, and you and have one question. Did you say? Did you say it was bigger than a bread box? It answer? is bigger than a bread box. It's a thing bigger than a bread box. Is it found in the home? No. Mm-hmm. Is it living? No. Is it green? You went to no. green. You went right to green. <laughs> We're gonna start listing colors. What the? I'm not good at this game. Okay. Hey. <laughs> I've got a lot of stress in my life right now. <laughs> Does it have an R in it? <laughs> hey. Does it? Is that a good? Is that, that was a good? loud? Oh, that was good. Yes. That was good. Okay, All there's an R in it. It's a thing. Um, Bigger than a bread box, not green. You can't spell it. Uh, is it a car? No more letters. What? Is it a car? No. Hmm. You're at six. Do you have one? No. <laughs> wow. Um, does it have to do with... <laughs> I don't think you guys are going to get it. Transportation. What do you think? Yes. Hmm. Is it an airplane? No. You looked weird when you... Uh, yeah, you did. Maybe like... that was a hint. Clue. Your eyebrows oh. went up. Did you notice is, that? Is, it does have to do with flight? Yes. Ten. Flies. You're halfway there. It flies bigger than a bread box, not green, has an R in it. <laughs> mm. Oh, no. Is it a glider? No. Is it a helicopter? No. It flies. <laughs> it's not living. <laughs> is it a bird? No. It's living, Matt. Birds are alive. It depends how the bird is. You killed the bird. It's not alive. Is it's it like a dead, a dead bird? bird? Okay, That's so like on it, my so paper. It ha- so it has to do with flight. Flies. Is it created by man? Yes. Flying. If it's not living and it flies, I <laughs> Well, it could have been like an asteroid or something. Um, True. Is it? It's not. A rocket. <gasps> you got it at Yay! number 15. Did you know before? No. 
That it's was just good. our flying machine created by man. That's good. R stands for rocket. I probably still never would have gotten it. I'm awful at this game. My husband won't Me play too. this game. Well, Me too. no one would have known until you started naming colors. <laughs> <laughs> I just freeze. I can't. I don't know. Is it, is it magenta? <laughs> no, it, it's not. And it actually would depend. How did you know what it was? Well, because we got to a flying. How many more flying machines are there? She got helicopter, airplane, right. glider. Right. R in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I just thought rocket, man. And then I thought of Elton John. I was about to say. Oh, Elton. Boom, bitty, boom, bitty, oh, boom. Oh, Elton. Hey, we, um, we probably don't have time for another one, but do you have any more of those fun? I do. Can you, like, stall for two seconds? Yeah, Matt's really good at filling up dead space. Uh, Go for it, Matt. <laughs> um, how's Viola? Is she just... brushing? <laughs> Is Viola, does she have good oral hygiene? Here's the thing, when I try, here's the thing, she really is like a gremlin. When I try and brush her teeth, she like will bite me. Really? She's a biter. Okay, yeah, ready? It's really oh, intense. hey, yeah. where have you been, ready? <laughs> Um, I just had to take a so breath. So these are more mysteries. Oh, okay, good. Right, these good, are really fun, interesting. Fun. Okay, there's a, it's not uncommon for bodies to wash up, wash up on beaches. No, That's what sure. they said, but it kind of is. All but. the time. Yeah, <laughs> anyways. It's, like it's relatively um, uncommon. <laughs> but for one beach in British Columbia, severed feet has consistently been floating oh, ashore for the past several years, causing yeah. numerous theories to be put. Like, define consistently. Like, it's happened twice? Because I would consider that They consistent. said... Well, I mean, like, more than once, which is weird. Dozens. <laughs> like, dozens of times? Like, every Sunday? They do, didn't give it. Do they but come it's in pairs? No, I don't, well. Or do they come in know. one-offs? You know. No pun intended. Maybe if they're all left, that <laughs> means something. I just snorted. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you got to watch that. Cause we got, <laughs> On air. Um, so, th- that's a weird mystery. Yeah. Yeah. So, that means. Uh, do they figure out who the feet belong to? Shark. A shark <laughs> attack. And I think it's probably in the yeah, but currents. feet. Well, I know, but shark don't they like don't, feet. They don't like the feet. Too some, many, too many little tiny bones. Oh, yeah. Sharks Stop. hate yeah. feet. You, I no, don't have anything Matt says anymore no, anyone because who knows he said the UK sharks. had New Jersey accents or something like that, and it was weird. Yeah, it's sharks don't like feet. That's obvious. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. out of control. So that's a mystery. We can't solve that one. Okay, here's another one. The Vonik. I'm, I'm so bad at No, reading. say it like you mean it. <laughs> Vonik. Manuscript was written in a language that men through the centuries have tried to decode, but they can't. They oh. have no idea of its origin. Origin, sorry, um, but the drawings found on the various. Did pages. you mean to say phonics? Hooked on phonics? Stop. <laughs> no. Do you know what I love is it was probably just some like crazy hermit like writing yeah. bla- like blabber. Blah, 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 blah. Nobody <laughs> spoke the language. Yeah, I mean but like, the it's like it's like some schizophrenic out yeah. there. The we, pictures like, are, like, are weird. The pictures are of like people. Yeah. Just doing like they're all holding hands. It's and gibberish. Have, yeah, it's weird. Gibberish. Huh. But they're people on there, so huh. so yeah, that's... maybe it's about maybe it's about our creation. Maybe I think no. I bet if you played it backwards, it would make sense. <laughs> we need to get. That's how you See, did it with the go. Beatles. Play it backwards. Do you think if they played it backwards, it like it explained why the Beatles are so popular? Because yes. I still don't get that. Ten thousand like, hours. Why are they so? We learned about it. Ten thousand hours. They that's... had twelve hundred hours. Of playing in concerts before they ever went pro. Really? Yeah. Wow. Ten thousand? No, not ten thousand hours. They had ten thousand concerts they had played. Oh. I just don't so, think they're that good. Like you listen to them, it's like oh, man. I like them. Eh, no, but see, okay. a part of it, I think, is because you're young. Okay. <laughs> no, you no, know you're what? young. I'm I like, from the older I like, generation. I like I like the older stuff, like Dolly Parton in her prime. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like phenomenal. It's like, but the Beatles, it's like meh. Yeah. Meh. It's kind of how I feel about it. Um, but maybe you know what. Miley Cyrus. Again, still a mystery. Who's but Miley Cyrus? But that's your age group. Who is that? Give me a 
I almost bought it. I'm my, so bad at this game. <laughs> I grew up, you know, I didn't grow up on the Beatles, but I, I have seriously appreciated the Beatles. Like, I think they're okay. I, I think, grew up I more on the Bee Gees. Like, sure. I could see that. I could see that. Um, you grew I, up on Miley Cyrus. ZZ Top, actually. Oh, man. Led Zeppelin. Led yeah. Zeppelin. Like, so much yeah. better than the Beatles. The Beatles your are kind of like you know whining what? like babies. Your parents? Libertarian hippies. Yeah. Well, yeah. I won't tell my Minus dad the, the hippie, hippie part. Yeah. yeah but he was He'll come down and punch you in the face. Oh, scary. <laughs> Don't come and punch me. Uh, that's the show, folks. Life gives you clues. They're all out there. They're out there. Okay? Meg picks up weird <laughs> clues for how she dresses. Stuff like that. It's all out there. Thanks for joining us, folks. That's the show. We'll be back tomorrow. More tools, more ideas to help you find the good life. We'll be right back. Uh, actually, we're not. We're done. We're gone. <laughs> this is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. BYU Radio.